you're listening to Podiatry Marketing, conversations on building a successful podiatry practice with Tyson Franklin and Jim McDonald. Hi, I'm Tyson Franklin and welcome to this week's episode of Podiatry Marketing. I am joined today by my co-host, which I am every week, it is Big Jim Mack. Hey Jim, how you doing? Tyson, I'm doing fantastic. Thanks as always for the uh, flattering intro. You really know how to uh, pump me up and get me ready for the uh, the conversations we're going to have here on the podcast. Okay, I've got a quick Canada question. Sure. So you're in Quebec, is that right? I am. Right. Yep, that's right. So does Quebec treat themselves differently to the rest of Canada? Uh, yeah, I mean, for example, French is the uh, official language of Quebec, so we're a French first province. Uh, people do speak English here somewhat, but uh, yeah, that, that's probably the biggest difference is that, you know, it's a French first province. Okay. Now, it's like talk to Italians, for example, and they're from Sicily. If you say, oh, you're Italian, they go, oh, no, I'm Sicilian. Then they go, well, it's part of Italy, but they do look at themselves a little bit different. It's very similar here, I think. Uh, I mean, I would say like in the US, right, people... Are you from the U.S. or are you are you from Texas, right? Or like if you're from, that's how I kind of compare it to, right? If you're from Canada but you live in Quebec, you're you're most like in your French speaking, you're going to say yeah, I'm like Quebecois. Like that's that's kind of that's kind of how you uh, identify. So, um, but it all varies, right? You know, I'm a I'm an American immigrant living in Canada, so you know everyone's got their own stories. Yeah, I must admit that's one thing I have noticed in America. Whenever you ask someone, "Oh, where are you from?" they won't just say, "Oh, I'm from Detroit." They go, "I'm from Detroit." <laughs> Michigan, right? They'll always they always put the the town they're from, and then they'll mention the state. So it'd be like me ask me where am I from, and I say I'm from Cairns, Queensland. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's a little different. I mean, I guess there's what you know. I, I kind of having grown up in the U.S., I kind of forget how big it is. You know, what 340 million people and yeah, lots of lots of big cities. So I guess. People like to be specific when when they are maybe they're proud of their state as well. So I mean, not that you're not proud of uh, Queensland, but oh no, uh, Queensland, we're yeah. proud, proud Queenslanders. Yeah, don't <laughs> say we're from anywhere else other than Queensland, for sure. Definitely don't say we're from New South Wales. <laughs> I, w- I would never say that. I know better. I know <laughs> no. better. Lots lots of rivalries there. Yeah, and the New South Welshman, they'd say the same thing. How dare don't say I'm a Queenslander, but they're going to say any Queenslanders and uh, Canadians and go, hey, <laughs> so, so they reckon. Anyway, I love at the beginning of our episodes. I, I like the banter that has nothing to do with marketing. So we'll just call it. We're going to need a new podcast called Podiatry Banter or non non Podiatry Banter, and see how that podcast goes. I'd enjoy that. I'd enjoy just the the banter podcast, non specific. Yeah, unfortunately, I think most people when they they tune in, they're hoping to maybe learn something more than you know what it's like to live in Quebec or in, in Queensland. But uh, I enjoy talking about it. Yeah. Okay. So let's move on. After three minutes, let's move on to today's topic, which is... So today we're going to talk about uh, understanding when to use search versus display advertising. I think it's uh, something that gets brought up a lot when I you know, talk to clients or people I'm working with with their digital marketing, uh, really kind of understanding the basics and kind of when to use one and when to use the other. First, I think you should explain the difference. Yeah, so when we're talking about search advertising, you know, we're talking kind of about you know, type something into Google or Bing or Microsoft Search, and you know, you get those uh, the links at the very top of the page, and you'll have a tiny little label that says "Ad" on them. Now, yeah, you can uh, you can barely tell unless you really look for it now that it is an ad, but most people know that that is an ad, and you know, and we'll get to benefit what the benefits of those are, but um, these are kind of very relevant. These are you know, type in let's say 
podiatrist near me and you're going to get a search result in the search page that comes back like that. Um, when we're talking about display advertising, we're more talking about sometimes it can be on Google Display Network or on Facebook, but basically a way to kind of uh, get some general awareness about a topic um, or a service you provide that doesn't is not related to search. So, you know, it's just kind of showing up there. So let's say you're like on the Chicago Tribune website, you see this, you know, and maybe you'd gone to a podiatry clinic office or to a different, um, you know, maybe you were looking at cars or something, you'll see an ad um, in the in the sidebar, yeah. like a graphic of something, uh, or you're just scrolling through Facebook and you get like a, an advertisement for a local dentist or uh, a local um, roofing company or something that pops up. So that's kind of the main difference is that, you know, the kind of the, how the, how when, when and where you see those search versus display ads for example yeah and i've seen that when we might be looking at a, a cruise and you'll be on a say caribbean cruise website you're looking at, yeah should we or shouldn't we then you move off of that and then you over something else might be reading an article or marking the next thing poof, it just pops up down the side <laughs> and you're going oh that's right i was looking at that just before but then the next day it's there again and then next week it's still there which it definitely works. Yeah, I mean, it's. I think they say like it takes somewhere between like seven to ten um, interactions with the brand or interactions with a with a company before you can kind of like feel like trust. They feel trustworthy, or you kind of know have that name recognition at least. Whether you trust them or not is probably different, but um, just kind of having something in your mind. Um, and, and like you said, this kind of repeatedly seeing things will sometimes, you know, bring you bring you enough awareness and kind of being top of mind to people uh, when they're looking for specific things. So when should they use one over the other? Yeah, so we'll start off with kind of like when is you know when is should a podiatry clinic consider search advertising? We'll kind of work, work through three examples there, uh, and the first one being that really. Uh, when you're using search advertising, you want to kind of be thinking of, uh, like you're basically be in the shoes of your patient. Yeah. So this is search advertising is highly kind of intent based, meaning that um, when someone types something into Google, like you want to make sure you show up there. And there's going to be certain things they type in that maybe you wouldn't think about doing it, right? Like maybe you consider yourself like a surgical podiatrist, right? You only do surgery, but it's probably pretty rare that someone's going to type in you know, podiatry, podiatric surgeon or podiatry surgery, like near me or something. That's just not something they're going to search for. Um, and there's also things like just very generic or very general um, diagnoses or terms. Like maybe it's like heel pain. Like you don't necessarily want to show up um, for searches for heel pain, even though you may treat heel pain because you'll have Dr. Scholes, you'll have some other salve, you'll have maybe five other podiatrists that are spending way too much money on these terms. And maybe you're going up against multi-million dollar businesses that have enormous ad budgets and it's not going to be um, as intent-based. So you really want to kind of find out the, you know, the, those, term, those terms, things like podiatrist near me, foot doctor, like name of your town. Um, and these are opportunities uh, to kind of get this really strong intent-based kind of targeting because you know, when people are searching for things like podiatrist near me or foot doctor near me, they have kind of a, they're really looking to make an appointment with someone. Yeah. Um, there's obviously different ways to kind of like, you know, filter those patients or understand whether they're the right fit for you or not. You know, maybe they bounce, you know, they go from that, when they click on that ad, they go to your website uh, and maybe you have a picture of you doing surgery or you treating sports medicine patients or you doing wound care or something. And then they'll kind of self-select from that period of time. 
But when you're doing these ads, you want to make sure that they are this kind of lower funnel, like almost ready to make appointments. Because if you're ha- you know, making these ad campaigns on very, I would say, educational topics or even just non-relevant things, right? So you don't want to show up for things like podiatry school or, you know, like, uh, like, uh, like podiatry, like podiatrist lawsuits or something, right? So there's yeah. certain like negative keywords you need to use to make sure you don't show up in some searches and you make sure that you're not bidding on things that are going to waste your budget. So that's the kind of first thing is like making sure that the keywords are used are these high intent things that are going to lead to uh, patient appointments. Okay. If a podiatrist had never done this before, where do they start? What's the what's what's the process to, to kick this off? Yeah, so I think there's different ways to approach it, right? So there's definitely a lot of good resources online to learn the basics of it. Um, and you just have to be a little bit aware that uh, there's kind of different levels of the platform that like basically Google will show you when you're doing ads. So, yeah. you know, there's kind of like the basically give us your money and we'll kind of decide all of these things for you. And while that might seem convenient, I don't recommend it. Um, if you have a lot of, if you have more time than money, you can learn how to do kind of the the pro version of the pro dashboard version of it. <laughs> I like that more or, time than money. Yeah, but I mean, if you're just sitting there, you know, you have five patients and you want to learn how to do Google Ads, yeah. you can't do. It. There's a lot of good resources online. But once you kind of have more money than time, and you want to make sure that you're spending each dollar wisely, you know, working with, you know. Not to toot my own horn, but I do this for clients and I do this for my fellow podiatrists, but someone that has experience really going after um, and knowing the right keywords and the right ways to write these ads. So they're, you know, number, number one, trustworthy um, and, and number, number two, super effective to make sure that you're spending your budget wisely. So those are kind of the ways to get into it. Um, if you think that search advertising is something you want to uh, consider. And I would say it's probably the generally the first type of um, advertising that people should consider because it is it does have higher conversion rates than display advertising. Um, when people are actively searching for something and they're looking for it, yeah. Um, and if you use those right keywords, like you, I mean, if you know, if you're spending fifteen dollars to get a new patient through Google search ads, like you would do that all day, right? Because like you're like the kind of return on investment would be so huge. But like depending on where you live at, um, you're either going to be limited by uh, kind of search volume. Uh, like meaning like there's only so many people looking for podiatrists near me because you're maybe in a medium-sized town or a smaller area but there is a certain amount of volume there or you live in a big city where there's just so much competition like if you're in new york city yeah there's like millions of people but obviously there's other people using search ads at the same time so you will get these higher conversion rates using search ads but you have to know that it is relatively limited um either through the search volume or limited by competition so should you be a lot more specific about uh, your location, like really narrow down your location? So like instead of saying New York City, which is quite big, is there like another way you would say that to give a better indication of where you are? Yeah, that's a good point. And I think the, the third aspect of utilizing search uh, these search ads over display is that local relevance can be a factor. So if you have kind of what I call like areas we serve pages on your website. So let's say you're in New York City and you're close to like, you know, these different neighborhoods within New York City. It probably would benefit you to have pages of those five different neighborhoods or those 10 different neighborhoods or whatever, you know, it's like, the you know, West Upper West Side podiatrist, you know, whatever the terms that your patients use yeah. when they're searching for things is what you should show up for. Right. So. 
it, it might be maybe in your local area or somewhere near you would be a radius or by zip codes. You could have something more generic like New York City podiatrist, but you wouldn't have a pretty tight radius on that, right? You don't want someone, if you're located in Manhattan, you don't want someone like way out in Brooklyn, you know, finding you and then realizing that you're like an hour and a half away by train or something because they're, they're never going to see you, right? And it's just a waste of ad spin. But there are ways to kind of be more, I guess, generic or more general if you do kind of keep that radius. Because like I said, these search ads will allow you to have kind of a either a zip code or kind of a, a radius around your clinic that you can use. But there is a huge benefit. Uh, like you said, if if you're in like, let's say in the Chicago suburbs, maybe it's, you know, you know, you want to have those five other large suburbs, or maybe it's even the suburbs where you have kind of your ideal patients, but they'd be willing to drive to you. So maybe that's 20 minutes away or 30 minutes away at max. Mm. Um, it's really going to depend on who you are, your expertise, and how, how, how far you think people will drive to come see you. And I think one thing that can be beneficial is to look at your current, if you've been in practice for a little while, look at your current, current um, kind of patient roster and see what, you know, you know, do 50% of your patients come from Naperville or, you know, 20, 20% come from LaGrange or something, right? So you can get a general sense of where people are already coming from and you can, you know, really tailor either your advertising or try to go after people in a different area that for some reason just haven't that don't know you exist and, and make yourself kind of a, more relevant to them. What What's some of the, when people are doing it themselves, what's some of the biggest mistakes they make? Yeah, I would say the biggest, some of the biggest mistakes they make, like I said, is just number one, advertising on really, uh, you know, general terms, like I would say more like diagnoses. Um, so it's either like way too wide open where you're competing against, like I said, against, you know, Dr. Scholl's heel pads, where they're spending, you know, fifty thousand or hundred thousand dollars a month on on budget, and you'll just never, <laughs> yeah, can't you'll, compete. You'll never out, you'll, you can't can't compete, and you'll outbid them. Um, or you'll also, if you do plantar fasciitis, you're going to get these really educational searches. People want to do it themselves, or you know, home treatment for plantar fasciitis will show up if you just advertise for plantar fasciitis. So it's either like leaving it like way too wide open, or it's making it too narrow with the keywords, right? Like I said. If you're trying to like, you have this brand new machine, maybe it's like swift, swift wart removal or something. Maybe if in the right area, that would work because people have heard of swift before, but the majority of people will have never heard of swift. So you're going to spend all this time setting up this very narrow term and maybe, you know, you're going to do all this work, writing the ads, and all these things, and you're going to get nobody searching for that term whatsoever. So yeah. it's, it's finding that middle ground where that it's you know it's general enough but specific enough where it's it's worth the click and it's worth you bidding on that 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 keyword like i said most of it is locally relevant um podiatrist near me getting in the shoes of that patient to make sure that you know if you were to look for a dentist or if you were to look for somebody what are the keywords you would use but you know you gotta kind of step outside yourself a little bit yeah it makes sense okay so what about display advertising when should a podiatry clinic use display advertising over search advertising yeah so i think there's there's two kind of quick uh you know quick wins here for for people is that number one is like uh if you want to get the name of your clinic out there or kind of the brand you know this is kind of what we call like brand awareness in marketing um if you're new to an area and you just want people to kind of know that you exist um it can be really helpful just to show up where people are at right so utilizing like i said you can do, also do this in display having a you know maybe it's a on Maybe it's Facebook, right? For example, yeah. Um, maybe you have a 15 uh, mile radius around 
your clinic, your, let's say you're located in Austin, Texas, outside of Austin, uh, on the west side of Austin, you want to have you know 10 miles around there just to let those people know in that area that you exist and like, hey, I didn't realize there was a podiatrist there. Um, one thing to realize that when you do that, though, is there's, there is going to be kind of less conversions or less ROI um, because it is more of an awareness play. It's not, if someone's on Facebook, they're not necessarily like, hot to like make an appointment for podiatrists maybe at that time you may get a couple of those but most of it's just like you're hoping that they'll remember you in three months or six months when they, when they or their spouse or their kid or someone in their network needs a podiatrist that you'll come top of mind and they, they recommend you so that's that's the first thing is a kind of the branding of your clinic and just getting clinic awareness i'd also say that um, it's it's helpful for if you do have a new piece of um, a new machine or new procedure that you're providing that's different uh, or provides a really unique value to patients. Um, you know, like no one likes wart treatment. I don't know, Tyson, if you ever had planters warts growing up. Um, even when I was in podiatry school, some of the treatments we would do to remove planters warts, um, you know, people would be off of their foot or not be able to do stuff for a while. And it was less than ideal. Um, but, um, you can utilize, um, you know, things like, for, like they had the Swift. Uh, I'm kind of given Swift a lot of plugs here today, but yeah, you know, no, no one knows what Swift is, but if they know there's a relatively pain-free, effective means of removing warts where they can walk out of the office without, you know, having a hole in their foot, or they use when I was a kid, they used liquid nitrogen and basically would dig it out. <laughs> you know, after using liquid nitrogen, and like, you wonder what you did to your parents to have them, you know, take you to the doctor to torture you like that. Yeah. Um, but like when you can have this kind of value proposition and kind of display it in your local area, the next time someone has a family member with an ingrown toenail or a planter's wart, maybe it'll come top of mind. Uh, or maybe someone's had some and didn't get uh, effective treatment from it. Uh, it gives you an opportunity to kind of make that awareness play. No, I've had the pleasure of never having a planter's wart, which is good. <sighs> I actually had a wart. You're lucky. I think I had a wart once on my knee when I was younger or something like that. And I fell off my skateboard and doof. <laughs> got rid of it pretty quickly so that's my recommendation if they're on your knees you just <laughs> scrape them along the road and uh it's almost like probably using a swift there you go i mean that's there's your million dollar idea right there yeah just <laughs> take your patient out on the road just drag the foot <laughs> drive along in the car and just now put your foot out the car door at 25 and just let it drag <laughs> along the floor for a bit yeah not really acceptable treatment no. Uh, what what else about display advertising? Anything else that people need to need to? And I understand the awareness part because it's like even just traditional marketing. When you see billboards and things on the back of buses, that is really very few of them have a call to action. It's really a we just want to be seen on a regular basis, and by being seen when they need us, and then one of our display ads pops up later. So these two things actually work hand in hand where you, you can use display advertising as awareness and then search advertising specifically to remind them that you're there. No, exactly. I mean, there's, you probably will run kind of, like you mentioned, the, you'll kind of run a brand campaign for in your search ad. So if people do type in your clinic that you do your name or your your name, your clinic's name, do, so you show up. But like I said, the the display advertising gives you that kind of first line of uh, kind of general brand awareness or clinic awareness. But the next step, um, as far as getting, uh, you know, kind of, kind of getting a little bit more filtered, uh, when it comes to who sees these advertisements, um, on display is utilizing kind of targeting specific demographics. So with a lot of Facebook and, uh, also on Google display and other display providers, ad providers, you can say like, okay, we only want 
um, people between th th these ages, right? So, uh, you know, does it make sense to, to, to advertise to people under the age of 18? I would say no. You probably want to advertise to their parents, right? So um, they're going to ignore any kind of advertisement you have. So just making sure that you're kind of targeting um, and kind of being seen by people that are the decision maker um, is really, really powerful. And also it helps save your budget as well. You're not kind of people aren't because you're basically with display advertising. Every time your a page loads, they're like charging you a fraction of a cent um, for whoever sees it, whether they take an action or not. So I think that's an important component to know as well is that display advertising is it's they're going to get charged by how many people see it and not necessarily by how many people click on it like you do in search. So ah, that's, a big be, that's a big difference. It is a big difference. So you have to be aware of that and you really want to show it, you know, show these display ads to the people that you want to be your, your patients. So whether maybe you're doing, um, you know, you really want to treat, uh, you're like uh, wanting to treat like female athletes or something, right? Or male athletes, or there's ways to kind of, you know, change the demographics of your campaign, or you can make two different types of campaigns with the display, right? So maybe you only want to show women uh, a, a female athlete, or you want to show men a male athlete, or maybe the vice versa. Yeah. You can test those things out. So there's different ways to kind of utilize the demographic uh, information, not only of uh, the person searching, uh, the person that's being shown the display ad, but also kind of how they react to, to some of the creative that you have there, the, the images that you show. Okay, and this is where so display advertising is a lot about what you can just have the display ad there, but this is where remarketing comes into it. Yeah, so there's different. Uh, obviously, like we didn't, I didn't kind of break it out from kind of you know when we talk about display, we're usually talking about images. Um, it can also be uh, video marketing is another form of media that can be utilized for display advertising. If you search things on YouTube, right, you're usually in the top left hand corner. There's some non-relevant thing that's not a video you really wanted to see, but oh yeah, um, yeah, there is. If you always now, <laughs> yeah, it's always there. So, um, so there, those are kind of different types of display. But getting into what you're talking about with remarketing, there is that it's kind of like we talked about previously. Is that if you go, someone comes to your website, or uh, maybe they came, they they clicked on your Facebook page. You know, there's technology now available that people. You know, Google or Facebook knows that that person was looking at it or spent time there. And what what you can do sometimes, and it sometimes vary between countries and states, but you can do some remarketing, meaning that they're kind of get tagged or they get kind of a cookie, um, which is kind of like a digital way of like knowing like a person you know went to your website. Yeah. Um. And and then basically, like you talked about previously, with you know, I don't think you want to follow them all around the internet, but if someone went to your website. <laughs> Um, and then they go to their local newspaper, or they go search something on Google, or they go other places. You can make you know an image or a video um, show up in the sidebar, and it can be a beneficial thing because it is um, you're not just hitting people cold all the time, right? If um, you know you have to kind of build trust and kind of build um, brand recognition with kind of the more times they see you, the more you might become an option and kind of be top of mind for them. So that's, there are these kind of specific retargeting campaigns or, or remarketing, I guess, um, to really kind of show people um, that have shown interest in who you are um, more about maybe your services, your clinic, um, the type of care you provide. It just provides another opportunity that, you don't get with with search advertising. Yeah, I probably noticed that on Facebook more than anything else. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think I noticed it sometimes when when I had Facebook on my phone, like I feel like I just talked to my wife about something, or I just talked oh, to no. like a colleague about something, and then all of a sudden I get something that's 
kind of relevant to what I was talking about. And I, I I'm not, I'm not wearing a tinfoil hat tonight, but um, I sometimes wonder when you, when you were on the Facebook app, if they have your microphone on, on the sly and I don't know, I, I like I said, I, no conspiracies here, but it was just, it's been a little too creepy at times. I have had somebody say that they go, if you, if you want to test it out, they said every now and then just have your phone near you and start talking about a particular subject. There's totally something you don't want, but keep talking about it. And like trips to Africa. So we keep saying trips to Africa, trips to Africa, trips to Africa. I've got my phone in front of me here. And they said, and eventually, say after a couple of days, and you'll be on something, and trips to Africa will turn up in display ads. <laughs> That's a conspiracy yeah. theorist, yeah. <laughs> then again, it could be your reticular activating systems now talking about trips to Africa, and you start noticing it. Yeah, who knows? So have you got anything else to say on this subject before we wrap up? No, I think that's good. I think there are definitely you know different times to utilize search versus display. If you don't know what those are, you know, feel free to reach out to, to reach out to me, send us a message. I'm happy to you know, give you some advice or kind of give you some some best practices. But no, I think that was a pretty thorough rundown of those differences and, and the best times to use them. Okay, we're gonna be digging into this subject a bit deeper in October at the one yeah. day marketing workshop. Yeah, I think so. We'll have uh, definitely some, you know, we'll have a good mix of, you know, your, you know, traditional marketing chops and the, the, the things that have worked for you in practice and definitely some some digital uh, options for people that, that show up there and hang out with us in October. So I like to call mine not traditional anymore, evergreen. <laughs> it's stuff there that just always works regardless of what's happening in the world or because, you know, social media and the whole online world constantly changes. So you always have to be on top of it. Yeah. I don't want to be. That's why I let you do that. <laughs> I, I just follow what other people are doing. But there's evergreen and traditional marketing that I think will always be there. And like they say, platforms change, people don't. Oh, I like that. Yeah, so it's something people remember. Just platforms and different types of marketing will always change, but people don't change. So certain things that worked 100 years ago still work today. Mm. Fantastic. That gets everybody thinking. They want to be there now. <laughs> 21st of October. Okay, Jim. Well, I look forward to talking again next week. Sounds like a plan, Tyson. Okay, see ya. Have a good one. Bye. Thanks for listening to Podiatry Marketing with Tyson Franklin and Jim McDonald. Subscribe and learn more at Podiatry Marketing. That's the website address, podiatry.marketing.